You're listening to Beyond Infinity, your weekly dose of science and technology, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Hyperloop is a technology developed by Elon Musk. It, it, it's the idea of you create a, a near vacuum in a sealed tube mm-hmm. and you literally fire a 15 to 30 person capsule through that tube. You can have multiple of them. So it could be, you know, they can leave in two minute intervals, mm-hmm. but they get fired along. They have a kind of a, a passive magneto levitation system. So the, the capsule is not in contact with the inside of the tube. It's floating. Mm-hmm. That allows for frictionless travel. So, so similar to the process of the, the, the fast bullet trains, yeah? Yeah, similar. Like the magneto system's being used, I think, between Shanghai and Beijing. I think it might be the fastest train line in the world. Mm-hmm. And that travels over 400 kilometres per hour and that uh, levitates on, a, on uh, using a magneto levitation system. Yeah. But it still has to com- uh, contend with the air friction, so therefore that's what it's fighting against. Yeah, and it's a mu- obviously it's a much bigger train. That's more along the lines of a bullet train mm-hmm. in Japan or the TGV in France mm-hmm. and in other parts of Europe, I mean. Fast trains, that technology is tried and tested. So a submission's been made to the Australian government, you know, because the Australian government is now sort of officially looking at high-speed rail up the eastern seaboard of Australia, so Mm -hmm. linking up Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney, Brisbane, uh, and possibly a whole bunch of regional centres along the way, Mm -hmm. which would sort of go from being towns to big hubs if this goes through, because obviously, you know, as as with any big infrastructure project, if you've got a a train station that's that's new to an area, suddenly that, that area stands to benefit a lot so mm, sure. economically there's there's some big advantages for regional australia if they're included in such a network so i guess all sorts of things are on the table conventional uh, high-speed rail systems a la the bullet train or the shinkansen from japan mm-hmm. that kind of thing or things like the uh, the hyperloop which as i said allows a capsule to travel through these tubes at speeds of up to 1200 kilometers per hour this would allow, allow people to travel from sydney to melbourne in under 40 minutes Melbourne to Canberra in about 23 minutes, Canberra to Sydney in 14 minutes, and Sydney to Brisbane in 37 minutes. Uh, and the, the, as I said, the technology was first ramped up by Elon Musk back in 2012, and he actually released it as open source mm-hmm. so that uh, you know anyone could develop it. He's, he basically said at the time he was too busy with Tesla and SpaceX to uh, to do any more than that, so hence uh, it's open yeah, source. Here's the plans, go and do what you like. Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. But, but so, so I guess when you look at it, like if you're travelling you know, Melbourne-Sydney, which is the second busiest route in the world, I think it is. So, yeah. So about 55,000 flights a year. So you have to go to the airport, you know, park your car, get and get through security, um, you've got to be there a certain amount of time before you get your flight. Mm. Uh, it's only well, about an hour flight, Melbourne, Sydney. Uh, mm. And then, um, you know, getting off and getting out is probably probably easy, but probably looking at around about a three-hour you know, journey. Yeah, and that's not a, really accounting for any time from your home here in the peninsula. It's about an hour to get to the airport, just a bit over the hour. Mm. Um, so if you had the Hyperloop, it would be just like, you know, okay, getting to the, to the city, uh, maybe Southern Cross Station, for example, mm. and then uh, just basically paying your ticket getting on board like you were with a normal train and then 45 minutes later you're up in sydney so it would be fantastic huge wouldn't it? saving in time and you're not having to you know get on a plane and if you're a nervous flyer mm-hmm. or it's expensive as well so mm-hmm. there's could be some significant savings there. not to mention the pollution that planes are putting out into the atmosphere and i think i read a report recently that air travel is expanding around the world quite rapidly at the moment and has done for for several years and that actually is a pollution problem given mm-hmm. we are trying to cool down the world or, or address carbon that's going into the atmosphere well opting for an electrical system which can potentially run on on uh, solar power so mm-hmm. one of the one of the uh, suggestions for the outside of the hyperloop tube is that it's covered in solar panels so it can actually 
potentially uh, generate its own electricity, which is a much cleaner way to go. In Australia, we've got lots of sunshine, so you know that's that's the reason why it's of um, particular attractiveness to Australians. So do, do we know if these would be fully enclosed tubes, or or would they be like a clear uh, perspex type look? Well, I think if they're covered in solar panels, then they wouldn't be clear. Because mm. I don't know if you want to be really looking outside, travelling at those kind of no, speeds. No, I don't think that they do have windows. I think it is mm-hmm. literally a capsule which you get inside, about the size of a bus. Mm-hmm. So fifteen to thirty passengers is envisaged. Mm-hmm. And you get shot like a like a bullet through a gun. Mm-hmm. There's very little resistance because you're you're uh, vacuum you're and, in a yeah. vacuum and you're levitated using uh, magnetic resistance to to float within the tube. I mean, one of the problems is that you can't have too many bends apparently in a in a uh, in a, hi- in a hyperloop. So mm-hmm. there are various arguments against it. While I think it's it's great to be embracing new technology and new ideas, it doesn't have to be a bullet train in the conventional sense or a high speed train. Uh, a la what's what's common now in Europe and in China and in Japan doesn't necessarily have to be that Australia has kind of a blank sheet. We have an advantage in a way to coming into it later than mm-hmm. some countries. However, there are concerns that that this really is a nascent technology. It's sort of on the on the drawing board, really. Um, there is a there is a test track I think that's been built by Virgin Hyperloop, mm-hmm. which is one of Richard Branson's little offshoots of the Virgin Empire. Uh, they have built a a, a test track in Nevada. Mm-hmm. And there are plans, I think they've even signed a uh, memorandum of understanding to develop a hyperloop between Mumbai and Pune in India. Okay. That's a very busy route and I think normally it takes about four and a half hours by slow train or and bus. And really unsafe or, train because everyone's hanging off the side of the train. People riding on the roads. Yeah. All sorts of things all over the roads, near head-ons, travelling in India by any form of transport is uh, not for the faint-hearted. Mm-hmm. So this would be a kind of a safe and fast way to do it and I think it would reduce the, the, the speed for that 150 kilometre, 140 kilometre odd dash between Pune and, and uh, Mumbai to about, you know, t- in the order of 20 minutes or something. Yeah. So there are some substantial time time savings mm-hmm. and also you know India's got this massive population I think there's over a hundred thousand people who do that regularly on a, on a daily basis mm-hmm. so Virgin is is looking to put the first one into India and then from there expand it so it could be something that, that, that takes off around the world hard to know at this stage it is early days some of my concerns would include um, you know what if a, a truck crashed into the and cracked it and therefore there's no vac- in a vacuum or even worse if it wasn't an accident if it was an intentional for example terrorist attack um, does that take out the whole system or is it sort of sectioned off so you have you know a vacuum in, in one part and then you move along and you have to go through some kind of I don't know, gate or door that then you move into the next pl- place which has a vacuum therefore if one section is damaged it doesn't uh, take the vacuum out of the whole um, tube I mean good, I don't good know question. the answers good question good question look i think that over the course of a journey because you're traveling that fast i think the whole length of tube of hyperloop has to be pressurized Mm. and they try to get it down as close to a vacuum as possible a vacuum would be ideal and would enable the highest possible speed and most efficient use of energy but i think it's it's very hard to maintain a vacuum in a very large space Mm. so they reduce the pressure but they don't achieve a a perfect vacuum Mm -hmm. so i think the answer to what you're saying is that Yes, if one part of it uh, has a breach, then I think the whole thing well, maybe, is disrupted. Look, it's probably got a tube within a tube so that that way if the outer tube is damaged, it, you're still preserving the inner tube, which you, you're riding through. Yeah. Hopefully like a double hole. There, there are much smarter people thinking to answers for these questions. Yeah, <laughs> it is early days. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's there's some resistance to having a Hyperloop up the eastern seaboard of Australia. Well, you've got, you've got the land has... issues as well. You've got to get the agreements from the state governments, the federal governments, um, that, that it's, and, and probably homeowners as well if it's going to go right through 
through that their backyard? I think um, Labor, the Australian Labor Party, which is um, looking to take over federal government in uh, about May this year, 2019, they've said that they probably favour a, um, a more uh, traditional high-speed rail solution. Mm-hmm. All sides of politics are interested in having a high-speed mass transit system Which up been the, up talked the, about for 50 been talked about for years, years. Yeah. absolutely I mean even that this joke between having to drive out to Melbourne airport pay through the nose to park in a massive car park that's just raking in cash mm. for the owners instead of having a fast rail link Sydney's had one for a while most cities in the world big capital cities mm. have a rail link to the main airport to an international airport instead of you know people getting stuck and there's roadworks and mm. you know there's sort of almost perpetual lane expansion and all that sort of stuff happening on that that link between Melbourne CBD and Tullamarine Airport. So a lot of people would love to see something like this happen, whether it is the Hyperloop or not. It's hard to say at this stage. You know, we, we'd certainly hope that, you know, some kind of sense prevails and that this is, you know, isn't something that people wait for forever because it's. I think it's hard time. We need high-speed transport between capital cities and airports and indeed up the east coast as well uh, there are certain distances where where there are sweet spots for rail and for something like a hyperloop over air transport and obviously air transport is going to be the one to compete with in in the main sydney's building a second airport so congestion's going to be relieved there that, that's the whole thing it has to be cost effective otherwise it's not worth doing thanks for listening We'd love you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.